welcome to the podcast, uh, the best podcast according to my wife. That's not true. She likes other podcasts better. Like 80 other podcasts before our 81. We're 81, I think. We're probably number two. This is like Are we, messy though? family project, probably, and fountains of carrots. Those are pretty good. Mm. Uh, we need like a religious in our team. Yeah, to rope someone in. Um, mm -hmm. You know who I was listening to that I thought you might like? It's in Spanish. It's uh, Fray Sergio Serrano and and Padre Dempsey. Uh -huh. um, the Bible in a Year in Spanish. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that they were doing it, but I, I haven't checked it out. It's kind of mind-blowing because one is, one of them is Colombian and the other one is Venezuelan. So their Spanish is slightly different than Mexican Spanish. Uh-huh. So I'm like, hablen bien. But <laughs> that's how they, they talk. It's like, speak properly. I, I feel like we probably have Mexicans and the rest of the... Uh, it's more like people from Spain that hear everybody else talking Spanish. They're like, oh, you guys are sweet. It's like mm -hmm. English people listening to Americans yeah. speaking English. Um, so then it's like Mexico and everybody else um, on the uh, the rest of the Spanish-speaking world in Latin America. Um, so anyways, I just thought that it was funny that um, I'm like, ha, huh, your accent is funny. <laughs> but um, however, I digress. Um, I was uh, thinking about today, November 1st, All Saints Day. It's a holy day of obligation. So if you mm -hmm. haven't gone to Mass or if you didn't go to Mass, well, uh, might need to go to the confessional uh, this mm -hmm. week. But if you went to Mass, good for you. Um, I was thinking about the All Saints party that you and your family hosted what was it like two years ago during covid yes we were not going to go into the yes sure it was smack during the pandemic and we were well, ready for it was october right it was yeah so, it was like the end of october but you know but yeah it was 2020 the science was changing and all that kind of fun stuff um Nobody got sick that I remember. Mm -hmm. um, but we were there. We were very joyful to to be together again, like the Muppets mm -hmm. would say. Um, and the idea was this, everybody was supposed to go as a saint, right? Yeah. So we wanted to uh, provide our friends and, and, and community the, the opportunity to be to dress up, you know, but maybe not dress up as a witch or dress up as a wizard or dress up as a pumpkin. You know, we said, well, the theme of the party is, yes, we want to dress up, but come up with your favorite saint or however creative you want to get with your costume. But it's an All Saints Day party. Yeah, my and, children did not get the memo. Which is fine. You know, I mean, it was because your kids were like tiny at that point. That's true. Um, but but yeah, just to show that because Halloween is... For those who don't know, and I think we've discussed it in the podcast, it has a lot of Catholic roots, pretty much yeah. all of them. Yeah. So, all, so we wanted to of, bring that a little bit back. Yeah. A lot of podcasts have done a better job about talking about Halloween, but we talked mm -hmm. about Dia de Muertos. So if you want to check mm -hmm. that out, we'll probably put links to that at some point on Instagram. Um, 
Yeah, so the idea was that everybody dressed up as as yes. a saint, and we had like, thank you, like the best costume and the best. We had like, we had a I game know, with the games. kids. Yeah, game yeah, with, with the kids. And but the yeah, but the so ane- the fun. anecdote the anecdote that I wanted to get to is that Gustavo and I did not talk about what we were going to dress up as for the party, and um, you know we both are fans of the Franciscan order, St. Francis and, and company. And, um, and I, I borrowed a, uh, tunic or like a costume of like a, a Franciscan, uh, habit basically habit. And I get there, Gustavo opens the door and he's wearing nonetheless, pretty much the same thing. Pretty much. The same. Let's just say that I was wearing a capuchin Franciscan, yeah habit and Gustavo was wearing a conventional Franciscan habit, but for all intents and purposes, it was pretty much the same. It was like St. Francis and Bonaventure, basically. Exactly. Um, I out, I outdid you because I had like little birds all over me. You remember? Yeah. yeah, yeah. They yeah, only like, know that it was Francis. It was obviously yeah. that it was St. Francis. Yeah. I had like uh, cr- creatures and birds tacked all over my head and my, and my habit. And it's pretty cool. It was fun. That was about like right before we, the idea of a podcast was, it was like a proto podcast idea, mm-hmm. even though we need to do something. Yeah. Um, but anyways, if, if you, if you celebrate All Saints that way, that's a fantastic thing. If you didn't know that you could do this next year is a good time to, to do that. We just gave you an idea right now. Hopefully that um, helps someone that is listening so you probably are thinking unknown saints um the title of the podcast and um before we get into that we want to give like um a lot of context um again this is in the uh, same realm of like the monastic tradition the friars and, and all of that which if you have been listening to our episodes, you know that we are big fans of um, religious orders and monks and friars and, and whatnot. Um, so today we wanted to take uh, some time to talk about one of the founders of uh, one of these religious orders that I feel like if, if there was something as a hipster order, a hipster religious order in the Catholic Church, it would be this one. Would you agree? Mm-hmm. I would tend to agree, yes. It's like, oh, you probably haven't heard of them. Um, <laughs> They're an un- underground. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you probably haven't heard of them. Even uh, if you do, then welcome. You're <laughs> just as uh, weird as we are. Um, but who are, who are we talking about today? Uh, we're talking about St. Bruno, which... St. Bruno. Full disclosure, I did not really know about, but it's it's great to just get to know new saints. Yeah, you know, unknown I, saints. Idea, I mean, that's the premise. Mm-hmm, the idea is to befriend as many saints as we can here on, on Earth and, and just discover um, what they were about, especially if they founded one of these uh, predominant orders and, and, yeah, just discover... And, and establish a relationship with them as well. Yep. So, um, 
let's start with some facts about the life of St. Bruno. So Bruno, and, uh, you know, usually people would think that we don't talk about him, but today we're going to talk about Bruno. I had to go there. I had to go there. Oh, you did it. It's it's kind of old reference. It's kind of an old reference now. For sure. It might still be adequate with some parents. Well, you never know, man. I mean, because there are some <laughs> kids that I hear singing, still like, singing it. let it go. That's uh, true. No, it, it it's like kids latch onto different movies at different times. Like my little one has like been singing, let it go for some reason. I'm like, dude, mm. you're like so behind the wheel right now. But he like <laughs> saw it like two months ago for him as new. And also, yeah. you never know. Maybe somebody is not talking about Bruno right this very moment. Yeah, but we're going to break that rule and talk about him. <laughs> so Bruno was born in Cologne, Germany um, in uh, the year 1030. Um, and um, apparently he was sent to uh, Reims in France to study philosophy and theology. He was um, preparing to become a priest. So he finishes his studies and goes back to Germany, gets ordained. And um, one year later, apparently he was such a good student that his teachers in the university in France were like, hey, would you like to become the headmaster? Which I thought it was interesting for once that you have someone who was like how good of a student he was that they were like, how about you run all of this operation? Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's, it's like, not like, can you come teach a class? No, it's like, can you, like, take yeah, this and run with it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's kind of a, kind of yeah, crazy. I'm like, a, okay, he was... Quite an impression. So he, he, so he was not dumb, is what I was trying to say. He had a, a brain, um, and he was not afraid of, of using it. So he, go, so he goes to Rams, Rams. And becomes the headmaster. He was overseeing like all of the education system, so to speak, in 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 that diocese, in that city. Um, but there was some drama. There has to be drama, no? There's always drama. Um, with 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 the bishop uh, in Reims, um, Bishop Manassis. Uh, I'm probably pronouncing it wrong, but let's just say that it was Manassis. And he was completely corrupt. And um, and after two years of this, Bruno and other people were like, we need to suspend this guy. We need to mm-hmm. pretty much lobby to get him um, out of the the chair of, of, of the bishop for his behavior and whatnot. This guy was all about power, all about mm-hmm. money. Um, very and he anti- retaliated against the faithful, right? Yes. The bishop, dude took action against his own clergyman. And what happened next? Well, the clergyman and the community and the faithful rioted. But the people, the people rioted. Yeah, Can you imagine? It's rioted. like, okay, it's like, you're suspended. Like, no, you're suspended. And then all the people are like, ah. Um, oh. To the point where, it's, I feel like if we had puppets, it would be like much of an interesting <laughs> Yeah. Um, thing but it's in, in we'd, we we'd have 12 followers instead of 12 followers instead of 10 <laughs> um so eventually the bishop like just leaves reims right and um and everybody yeah, booted out 
Everybody's like, yay, the corrupt bishop is gone, so we should probably have Bruno be the mm -hmm. bishop of Reims. And um, I don't remember. He didn't want to be bishop, right? No, he didn't. He 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 wanted, from very early, he wanted like a life of solitude. So, so, time out. But did he become the bishop or no? No. That part I don't remember. Okay. He no, said no, I don't. He did not become the bishop. At least I don't recall. Okay, because so at that point they left to become hermits. Well, he always wanted to be a hermit, right? He mm -hmm. had this dream of living in solitude and prayer, and um, and it's that at that point in time, I think he goes to. Um, I don't remember the city where he went Grenoble. to. Grenoble. No, before Grenoble, he went to Robert of Moles, Molesm. Robert of Molem. Malem, Malem, Robert of Malem, Malem. Robert of Malem. Um, it was in a different town. Uh, let me let me let me find it because um, it, so the point is Robert of Malem. He, um, I think he was a Benedictine, and um, he was a hermit already, and um, uh, he was the abbey. Of Montier Lassel near Troy, near Troy, um, in France, right? Mm -hmm. So, um, okay, see, see, they met together around 1082, and um, that was before Bruno went to the Grand Chartreuse. So, the, the interesting part about um, Robert Omolem is that he went to found the Cistercians. Mm -hmm. And the Cistercians is basically a, um, a, a reformed branch of the Benedictines, right? Yeah, they follow um, the rule of St. Benedict. Mm -hmm. Yes. And um, the, the interesting part about the Cistercians, in my opinion, is that you don't necessarily hear a lot about Robert of Malem. You hear more about St. Bernard of Clairvaux, um, who was the, I guess, the one that made them famous, in a way. Yes. But all this to say that around 1082, two founders of, of two very important religious orders in the Catholic world were hanging out together, which is kind of cool mm -hmm. to think about. So Robert of Malem, uh, Bruno was with him for, for a while before um, he got some land, excuse me, in, in Grenoble, like you were talking about. And well, he was invited, right? By the Bishop of Grenoble, St. Hugh. Mm-hmm. And um, and the idea was that the place was unsuitable, unsuitable, and and like inhospitable. It, it was mm -hmm. it was des it was a desert. It was mountainous terrain. It was inaccessible. Um, so he was like, "Great, there's going to be silence. There's going to be poverty, and there's going to be small numbers because we're going to be." in such a rough terrain and so 
secluded from everything else, that there's no way that people are going to want to do this. And I'm going to have my way and be on uh, a hermit. So <laughs> he starts with like six of his companions, um, a hermitage in Grenoble, uh, which ended up um, being called uh, the Grand Chartreuse. Uh, Chartreuse because it was the region. So I think that that's where it comes from. Um, Chartreuse in Grenoble. Um, so Le Grand Chartreuse, the great Chartreuse, which is um, also a color, but we'll get mm -hmm. into that later. Um, so anyways, they are in the desert and this is um, around 1084 and they start building an oratory with small individual cells and they were not like one next to each other they were like dispersed like one over mm -hmm. here one over there very simple thing uh very simple cells they have very simple things as well they had like a table a kneeler a chair an image of the blessed mother a desk mm -hmm. um your Writing bible materials yeah your wood burning stove so you don't freeze to death um And I thought that it was interesting. I didn't, I forgot more than I didn't remember. I forgot that um, the Carthusians are not necessarily an order that lives in community. Mm -mm. They, they eat their meals or two meals by a day themselves. by themselves. Uh, the only time that they interact with other brothers is for, for prayer, for matans and vespers, holy mass. Once a week, they have recreation, <laughs> um, and they only eat together on great feasts. Mm -hmm. um, and then once a year, they come out to be with family and stuff like that. So I was like, that sounds amazing. It's like now, as a, as a married man, obviously, I'm not going to leave my family to do that. But, you know, you you get to have some human contact, but not too much. Like mm -hmm. you're not going to be chatty. You're going to go and pray together. Then you're going to go back to your room and pray. And then you're going to get your meal um, given to you through a slot in your cell. And you can eat at your own pace. You don't have to do small talk. You get to go to mass with everybody. It's like this rhythm... Um, I could get used to it, is what I'm trying to say. Clearly, he wasn't an introvert, right? I mean, an extrovert. An extrovert. Yeah. That would be fun to, to know. Like, I guess we talked about like what would be like the um, temperament of, of the saints. But yeah. Um, but I guess if he was like a good teacher as well in the university at, at Reims, he, uh, he had to be at least good to communicate but then it's certainly uh chatty or friendly yeah or exactly i guess it's, it's like a difference mm -hmm. like a people's people you know there, there's a very there's, there's a lot of contemplation happening with um with this order which um have i told you about uh this uh movie into great silence i think i no. talked to you outside of the podcast but into great Silence. I'm trying to find it right now. I think the full thing is in YouTube. 
Um, it's like two and a half hours long and um, basically follows the life of um, of the monks in the Great Chartreuse. Oh, got it. Um, so they did a documentary on it. Oh, I gotta um, watch that. Yeah, it's pretty amazing to get like, um, like an outsider looking in to their day to day, because even if you look at the the way that the Chartreuse is built, um, it is a like a rectangle. There's like the cathedral, but then attached to it like a big rectangle with a huge courtyard in the middle. And like a lot of tiny cells, right? Well, not tiny. Yes. I don't know how big they are in relation to the building, but you can see that they're plenty separated from each other. You're right. Yeah. So there's there's a pretty spaced out. Um, so um, so that's pretty interesting. If you haven't watched and want to know more about or look what it uh, what it's like to live in in that. Um, that sort of contemplation, that sort of silence, integrate silence. Uh, you'll probably find it on YouTube. Um, all right, where are we at? Um, so they only eat together great feasts. Feast. Uh, their motto is uh, "Stat crux dum volvitur orbis," which means the cross is steady as the world turns, and uh, that's pretty interesting to to think it's a good reminder right it's like mm -hmm. a lot of things can be happening in the world especially in our days um yeah. that the cross is still there it's a rock uh, and uh the they turbulent times because he that. exactly they lived through that turbulent time for sure yeah um I have a timeline for that that Gustavo allowed me to make a revision history of the chartreuse that we will probably get to. Is there's a lot of tragedy in the history of the chartreuse? Just so you know, guys, we're trying to let you know a little bit about. Um, um, we're, we'll get to the point eventually. Yeah, this is this is the cheery part of the episode. Actually, this is the yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, speaking about being cheery, so uh, seven hundred years after the the chartreuse was founded or like the carthusian order was founded around 1784 and the whole scenery in in, in chartreuse was changed so it went from a desert to a garden so they had all of these herbs and botanicals and whatnot that they started messing with it and creating things um and one of the things that they created was green chartreuse which is a herbal liqueur which is a digestive um it also happens to be one of the one of my favorite ingredients to make cocktails with especially one of my favorite cocktails which is the last word the last word um was invented in 1915 in Detroit Athletic Club in Michigan, 1915, Detroit, Michigan, Salinas Casey, Green Chartreuse. Mm -hmm. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, it's, it's like the seven degrees of separation with Kevin yeah. Bacon, right? <laughs> <laughs> Except with booze. Um, so, yeah. 
if you <clears throat> never had a green chartreuse is it's pretty tasty it is equal parts gin green green chartreuse um lemon juice and uh maraschino liqueur um very good i think i i made you uh, yeah that's word before right? yeah by the way that's one of the things that i miss about recording in person that's that true you would make a cocktail up yeah this is that's probably why like the the episodes maybe from like episode <laughs> one through episode 46 they might be like oh, why are these guys like so animated and it's like yeah they were totally <laughs> drinking and no, but you remember that, that that's when we started doing like three episodes in one night. Oh, yeah, we were getting And by delirious. the third episode, we were like delirious. Okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so um, green chartreuse, check it out. There's also yellow chartreuse, mm. which has different herbs in it. And, and um, I'm trying to remember... There is another cocktail called the Monte Casino, mm. um, which is more of a modern cocktail, but it has Benedictine liqueur, yellow chartreuse, lemon juice, and I think it's rye whiskey. It might be rye whiskey. I'll put the links to those in the in the show notes. But um, that one is a little bit too sweet to me. I feel like it. If you're gonna make it it's it's all booze so it's very spirit forward you need to dilute mm. it quite a bit and maybe yeah. drink it with a big rock um we need to get the guy from drinking with the saints to be a guest on the show dude at this point that'd be great yeah. <laughs> let's hunt him down yeah anyways um so yeah so that's what monks would do right they would take an uh inhospitable place it was basically a desert and turn it into eden yeah, seven hundred years later, um, same thing happened around the Middle Ages. We made an episode about that, how they saved or founded Western civilization, basically turning uh, uh, marshes into woods and swamps into beautiful things. Um, this was not the exception. Yeah. Um, okay, so. Um, uh, I'm going to skip these last two that I have here so we can sure. go through a little bit of history of, uh, we, we talked about the origins of, um, the Carthusians a little bit, um, intertwined with the history of St. Bruno. Um, so in 1084, six companions go to Grenoble, establish a heritage, and then, um, not 100 years later in 1132, there was an avalanche that destroyed the original monastery, killed seven monks. So they had to move the monastery two kilometers or one in a quarter of a mile down the valley to avoid that, those kind of things. Um, so first kind of big tragedy uh, of the order. Mm-hmm. Um, then we get into the Middle Ages and between 1160 and 1273, they kind of start booming, right? They they expand um, to Slovenia, to Denmark. They they founded twenty two houses in Spain, eleven in England. So they they're like booming. They have forty seven charter houses across Europe. Um, but then what happens between twelve fifty seven and thirteen twenty? 
the Grand Chartreuse catches fire a few times. It's like, they cannot catch a break, dude. It's like, okay, we're going to have you grow in numbers, but your house is going to catch on fire. Um, it sounds like Job a little bit, but it, it yeah. feels like they were very, very trusting in God. It, by the time that it, it got to uh, 1337, they ended up opening a charter house in Cologne, the birthplace of St. Bruno. Um, and then the Black Death started in, <laughs> in the whole European countries killing between 75 and 200 million people. So take the good with the bad, right? Yeah. Maybe God was like, you guys are getting too big too fast here. <laughs> Let's bring you back down to earth. <laughs> Kidding, okay. obviously. But I no, mean, it's, it's, it, it, it just goes through, speaks to the testament of the resiliency of faith. Because yeah. if you think about it, when you said, going back a little bit to it, it took 700 years, right, for that desolate place to become pretty much one of the most beautiful places in the world. Yeah, if you it's see green. images of it. Yeah, it's green, it's lush. This beautiful monastery is just smack in the middle of it and and and, and it emanated, right? That's how Europe pretty much got to be what Europe is. Yeah. And because all of these different places started life there and then it just populated. Um, oh, these communities just, were popping up. And these communities, yes. Yeah, specifically of, of Catholic monks, right? I mean, of either Benedictines or, or Cartusians as we're speaking now, but it just speaks to the Testament because those are tests. You know, God tested them with these challenges, pretty big ones, you know, that, that pretty much took the lives of, of several monks. And, yeah. and it's not like it happened in the span of a couple of years either, but... You know, we're it's talking still, like 900 years of the order. Yeah, 900 point. years. And, and, but it didn't disrupt. You know, I think the order was so well established that even with those setbacks, if you want to call it a setback, which I think it's very loosely termed for what happened to them, um, they, they thrive still. So hats off to them. Yeah. And then um, let's go over a few more time periods. Uh, we get out of the Middle Ages into like the 16th through 18th centuries. Um, we have the English Reformation around uh, 1535. Fifty monks are martyred during that because they were already in, in, in England. In 1562, Calvinists sack and burn the Grand Chartreuse, which I would never picture a Calvinist it's just like to me, Protestants seems like all friendly and want you mm -hmm. to go to their mega church. But back then, it was not the case. Uh, 1676. How you think gonna... they got those mega churches then? Yes. Huh? <laughs> so now we're going to get all the Protestants on our backs. It's like they don't listen to this podcast. They know that it's Catholic. Fuck, it's okay. But if you have Protestant <laughs> friends, just yeah. invite them. Call them over. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 1676. Um, the Grand Chartreuse catches fire again. I'm like, can we do something about the fire? 
How about you make it out of stone or something, not wood? I, yeah, I don't know. Is this yeah. thing built out of straw or what? <laughs> it's like the the three the three little pigs, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, finally learned the lesson. Just kidding. But around this time, they have 160 charter houses, and the order has produced um, 2,500 priests, 1,300 brothers, and 70 nuns. So very fruitful. Um, then, unfortunately, on 1805, we get the French Revolution, which is cute. Like, they're going through, going through revisionist history, sort of, uh, from like the point of view of the Cartusians. To me, it's fascinating. And hopefully, mm-hmm. you guys are still uh, awake while, while I'm doing this. I don't know. Some, <laughs> some people might be like sleeping. Um, in 1805, around 24 houses are closed. And, um, and then between 1790 and 1794, uh, right before they closed the houses, they started to guillotine monks. They imprisoned Yikes. them, and then they dispersed the rest that weren't killed to like Italy or Switzerland, where they also had uh, charter houses. Um, so yeah, a lot of martyrs that uh, we will probably not know about, and that's kind of like the unknown saints thematic that we are getting to so just think about those things we'll get to that point we, we promise that we have a point um so after that there's like some good things just just finish on a um a high point in 1805 um sorry 181816 louis XIV authorizes the return of monks to france so they return to the grand chartreuse on july 8 1816 and um, and then in 1950, they expand to the U.S. In 1984, they expand to Brazil. 1998, to Argentina. And then more, more recently, in 2002, they expanded to South Korea. Um, so they made it out of Europe into other countries, which I think is a great thing. Um, and uh, there's a saying that is uh, the Cartesian order is the only order that has not had to be reformed because it has never been deformed. Mm. So I thought it was very interesting. You know, the Franciscans have been reformed. The Benedictines have been reformed. The Carmelites have been reformed. Um, Not so sure about the Dominicans and the Jesuits, but maybe, probably. Um, However, um, there's another Latin saying about the, the Cartusians. Um, that I'm probably going to butcher right now. It says "Cartusia sanctus facit, sed non patefacit," which means the the Chartreuse makes saints, but does not make them known. So we talked about all of these monks that were martyred, and um, in Saint Bruno, which actually Saint Bruno was not actually formally canonized. Mm-mm like other saints have been canonized. I think it was um, uh, Pope uh, Clement X who um, extended his feast day to the whole church in, in 1674. It, it might have been like a local feast day of, of like friends. Um, I think that's what it was. It was. He was a saint more by popular demand than by popular anything. Demand. Yeah. And then the Pope allowed... Uh, included his feast day to be accessible to the whole church. Yes, uh, because they 
they don't have like the Carthusians don't have a postulator in Rome like any other orders to request the canonization of members of the order. Um, and uh, this is kind of insane for me to think about because um, I was uh, reading um, The Power of Silence by Cardinal Serra, and he talks a lot about the Carthusians in the book. Um, to, to Basically, he was mentioning something that like really stuck with me is that all the Carthusians write anonymously so they cannot mm. claim um, their work. So that's one. Um, there are none in, unknown in that way. And two, um, they are buried in the ground, obviously, but there's no marker or anything to say, like, here lies so-and-so. Um, they are just on unmarked tombs, tombs in the cemetery of the monastery. Wow. Um, so if their writings are, um, you know, we will never know of a canonized Carthusian saint. And based on all of the things that we just talked about, how contemplative they are and in the way that they pray and live, I am willing to bet that there's some saints that were like pretty holy uh, while they were on this side of the veil. Um, what do you think of that? I would agree with that. I think it's, um, it's hard to fathom living a life like that. Mm -hmm. I think it's good to know about it. The, the fact that there are people that just dedicated their lives to service, to the love of God, to the love of neighbor, and to prayer, no love to themselves and prayer. It's, it's pretty much the litany of, lit, litany of humility uh, embodied, right? Yeah. When you, when you pray the litany of humility, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not checking any of these boxes off, but I'd like to. These, <laughs> these men did, right? That's that's what they that devoted their lives to to not themselves, which is pretty foreign to somebody to hear that today. You know, because we to want the recognition. Yeah, yeah, we just crave that as humans. Um, but but yeah, this is a great example to realize that we can we can emulate some of these characteristics. And it's not going to hurt us. It's actually going to help us in our journey to yeah. stop thinking about ourselves so much. You know, I mean, granted, they didn't have social media back then. So <laughs> if we do it now, I think it's more of a merit to us. I know. Just, <laughs> I wonder if the Carthusian order has a TikTok. I know, right? Just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> it would just be like 30 seconds of silence. <laughs> just a black picture. Zero words. I know. Stop scrolling. Um, <laughs> this is what it's like to be a Cartusian. Mm -hmm. We should start an Instagram account for them. It's just black photos. 
just fans of the Cartusians, dude. Not and nothing, just like just zero. a picture of the Blessed Sacrament with mm -hmm. like silence. <laughs> we should probably do it just for fun. We should probably do it, yeah. Um, we should do another podcast and call it the Cartusians or the Forgotten Saints. The Forgotten Saints. Well, the thing Have, about unknown saints, unknown you, saints. You, you trigger something in my brain just when you said that. Two things, but one's more important than the other. The other one is like me trying to be funny. So I'll go with the one that is actually substantial. Um, unknown saints are going to be, there's going to be a lot of them, right? You think mm -hmm. about it. Everyone who is in heaven right now is a saint. There's no other way around it. Yeah. Um, we only know about canonized saints or like anyone who was made Santo Supito, like uh, made saint on the spot when they were, when they died because of public uh, vote or whatever you said that people were like venerating them because they knew that they led exemplar exemplarily, exemplary lives. So there are way more unknown saints that are known saints, I would say. For sure. I would I would agree with that, yes. But just talking about the Carthusians, because you know, the order has been around nine hundred and thirty-eight years and it probably has produced a bunch of them that we don't know about. So we don't know about a good intercessor. It's like just say like all Carthusian saints, all Car Carthusian unknown saints pray for us. That'd be pretty good. But you know, there might be even people in our own family. They have died and uh, they're probably experiencing the beatific vision we don't know till we mm -hmm. get there Isn't that crazy yeah. Yeah, i know T today um my son oliver um showed me a picture because we have our um uh, altar de muertos uh, at home and um there's a picture of my grandparents and he's like i'm really sorry that that they died and i was like don't be sorry death is part of life and i started sharing some stories about them and it was mm. very hard to fight back the tears mm. um you know because i hadn't thought about them in a while and then just like recalling these memories of someone that i that i know but they're not here and and the fact that they are not going to interact with my children that was kind of sad yeah but still like the hope of the resurrection is there that diana was saying well maybe they will meet them on the other side of the veil mm -hmm. like yep that is a very very good um reason to hope i would say yeah And to keep it on a straight and narrow, right? Because you wouldn't mm -hmm. want to be the one that doesn't make it to the family reunion up in heaven. You're like, Ugh. It's like, ah. Uh, you know or, or he's late. Like, sorry, guys, I was in purgatory. Avion <laughs> <laughs> for 700. <laughs> traffic was horrible. <laughs> That purgatory needs to, it's like the DMV. They just don't process people quick enough. I know. <laughs> Uh, no. Okay, I don't think this is gonna get any better than this. Do no. you have any closing comments? No, I wanted to hear your 
thing that you wanted to be funny with. Oh, was that it? No, because I this didn't is, laugh. So this is a bonus. Oh, um, hit me. So I don't remember the name of the band. Um, I think it was uh, Wolfpack. It's a funk band. It's one of my favorite bands. Um, they they are very indie. Again, if you're a hipster, you probably haven't heard about it. It's Wolfpack. They're pretty good. Um, they wanted to do their tour themselves, but they needed to raise money to do it. Mm. So what they ended up doing was releasing an album on Spotify. And it was like 10 or so tracks, and each one of them was 31 seconds. And it was just silence. So what they asked their fans to do was to put it on repeat every night when they would go to sleep. Um, oh, so they would get paid by Spotify? Yes, because Dude. they think that Spotify pays artists per play if someone listens to more than 30 seconds of the song. <laughs> so they they found a loophole, and I think... Since then, Spotify has changed their of course rules they have. or whatever. But they were able to uh, they were able to uh, do the tour, and and they went to the cities where people were streaming those songs the most. That is awesome. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. So uh, now I'm gonna feel dumb if it was not Wolfpick. Uh, unknown saints and unknown bands. That's the. There we go. Today. There you go, buddy. Silence album. Let's see. Sleepify is the name of the album. Sleepify. Sleepify is an album by American funk band Wolfpick. The release does not contain any audible sound. Instead, it consists of solely a, of 10 roughly 30 second long tracks of silence. <laughs> that is funny. So, yeah, they, they crowdfunded. A free concert tour. Oh, it was free. So they the the fans get to go to the concert for free, which is pretty good. I hope they played songs at this thing, because otherwise it would have been yeah, pretty yeah, awkward. Yeah. So okay. so the, the tracks were like Z, 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 and so on and so forth. So um they made a they made something like nineteen thousand six hundred and five fifty five dollars. That's awesome. So it was a very clever stunt. Imagine you get into the show. You're like, all right, we're going to play the hits that got us here. <laughs> but it's only five minutes and 16 seconds. It's just silence. The whole album. It's just silence for five minutes. And then it's like, good night. We'll see you next year. <laughs> we were both thick. Um, so anyways, um, See, that made you laugh a little bit. Hopefully, it made it you did. laugh when you're listening at home. It did. I didn't have expectations that I would laugh because you said it wasn't going to be funny, but... No, I said that I wanted to be funny. Oh, I just heard that. slightly different. Then you know, it's like I didn't want to do it for my sake to sound like, ooh. Uno escucha lo que quiere. I know. <laughs> Like, I'm so interesting. I listen to bands that not a lot of people listen to. No, but <laughs> and I know about saints. Nobody knows about it. I know. It's religious order. They're so obscure. <laughs> but if you have listened to the podcast, you know that's our bread and butter, basically. Yeah. Um, and with that, 
I think we're going to wrap it up and uh, we'll thank you for listening to this episode. If you like the podcast, get something out of it, share it, review it, put five stars on it. Thank you for the two people that gave us new reviews, actually. We don't know their actual names because they're, they like used the handle that was kind of not a name. But thank they you. Unknown really reviewers. It. Unknown reviewers. <laughs> yeah, that's a theme. There we go. Um, and uh, yeah, thank you for, for listening. Share, like, subscribe. Go to Barbatos. Um, I forgot. Direct.me forward slash Barbatos. Oh, our website's down. If you our go out to our website hacked. and you don't find nothing, that's forthcoming. That's on purpose. I'm working on it. Yes. If, um, Yes, and if you are the person it. that hacked our website, God bless you. You know, I know you're God forcing me hacker. to step up my game and not host it in security. Exactly, Can put I some type of do... security behind the site. Who knew? You know, have to end up doing it in Squarespace or something like that. But anyways, um, thank you for listening. God bless you. Talk to you next week, and bless Celeste Casey. Pray, Pray for, for us. us until the next. All time. saints and all saints. And all unknown saints, pray for us. Pray for us.